Hello, Texans. I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. If you live in Texas, you know it's pretty stinking hot right now. It's about 104 is the prediction for today, but that's better than Phoenix, which is 110 for about 20-something days straight. Anyway, on with the podcast. I have been fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have two careers over the past 20 something years. One of these days I'll fess up to how long. It's over 20. What's the big deal? Anyway, I've been an insurance agent and I've been an actress and producer, and it's a really interesting mix of art and business. But I still love a good story, and it's been interesting over the years talking to all of our clients. We get really great stories from our clients, why they started their businesses, what they're doing, how they keep doing it. And so that's a lot of what you're going to hear on this podcast. And then we're going to end the podcast because the insurance agency sponsors this whole thing. Um, we're going to end with an insurance tip of the week to make you smarter and more educated about something most of you all tell me in the first sentence of meeting me how much you hate. School man, that's why I'm here. On the podcast today, we have Carrie Tosopoulos. He is a business lawyer. There have been probably about a thousand shows about lawyers, and it's easy to see why. There's such drama. There's family drama. There's legal drama. One of my favorite shows was The Good Wife, and it had romantic drama too, and I'm not going to lie, that was probably my Sidebar, I've never worked with Juliana Bargolis, but I've worked with people who have. She is a TT tiny lady. They were surprised at how small she was. She was also very gracious and kind. I have worked with Dylan McDermott from another um, legal show called The Practice. And he tried to get me cut out of the scene. So he's not one of my favorites. We'll just push him off to the side and say, I don't care for Dylan McDermott. That's a story for another day. Thank you so much for being here. Please share this podcast with someone. We appreciate your time here. Reach out to us at GibAgencyDallas.com. And now, on with the show. Carrie, I feel like I, I, I just saw you. Welcome to the show. It's, I'm glad that I am able to find the perfect spot for me to have this conversation with you. <laughs> Yeah, I made Carrie go around to like five different rooms before we decided on this one. But I have to say the background looks really the nicest. I really like the cowboys in the background. You know, it's a it's a great um, picture when you're talking to people from Europe or from Canada and they go, yes, you live in Dallas. Where do you park your horse? Uh, oh, you still get that question? All the time. All the time. I would... I would, when I was uh, a lobbyist, I've been a lawyer, a lobbyist, a business executive. I would go to Washington, D.C., right? And I'm wearing my suit because everybody's so formal there. And they would go, Dallas, wow, do you know JR? Like, you're too young to even know who JR is. And then right. I would ask about, and I would say, if you want to come to Dallas, it's a very sophisticated city. But if you want to see Cowboys, we'll go to Fort Worth. There you go. When you were a lobbyist, okay, because I didn't know this about you, um, everything I've ever heard about Washington, D.C. is that it's very cutthroat. Mm -hmm. 
Is it just like backstabby, fake people? No. People trying not. to get ahead? It's not. I have been very, very blessed in my career. Um, and what I've learned, whether I'm practicing law, whether I'm you know, meeting with an elected official, whether I'm meeting with a business colleague or a prospective colleague, it's all about relationships. You have to build a relationship and you have to communicate in a way so that the other party is going to trust you. And I think um, the media has done a great job of playing up the people in politics who are um, grandstanding. But at the end of the day, most of the elected officials that I would meet with would say, how can I help? Tell me what your problem is. Help me understand. And so there's a lot of education and a lot of communication. Okay, that's not near as much fun as the other way. <laughs> well, I will say that I've had some great, some great meals, and I've, I've bought some great meals. Um, no, but, you know, business is, people think that business and business travel and business activity is so glamorous, and there are times when it is wonderful. Uh, I never would have been able to go to Europe if I hadn't um, had one of the jobs that I did. So when you're at a cocktail party now, what do you tell people that you do? Um, I tell them that I'm a lawyer, but then I shut up and listen to them because I like to ask people questions. So I was telling you earlier that when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, a sportscaster mm -hmm. when I grew up. And now <laughs> I think that with the questions that I ask, I probably should have been a therapist. So Susanna, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, right. I really wanted to be the weather girl, honestly. I wanted to, I know you wanted to be the sportscaster. I wanted to do the weather and display, right? right? I thought that would be really fun. Super fun. So how yeah. come, I think uh, when I was growing up, and probably about the same for you, there were four people always at the butt of jokes. It was car salesmen, insurance people, lawyers, and Aggies. Right? How did the Aggies get out of, of that? But what is it about lawyers that people hate so much? Um, maybe part of it is because we tell people the truth and we charge them a lot of money to tell them the truth. Yeah. Um, I think the other, look, the other thing is most people, when they have to deal with a lawyer, it's a circumstance that's not very happy. They're dealing with some kind of family issue. They might be getting a divorce, somebody may have died and they need the will, or they're a business person and their partner decided that he didn't like the way that the business was going and so he was gonna haul off and sue his partner even though they were childhood friends and they said 30 years ago, we're gonna grow up and be rich together. I think, I think um, that's part of it and I think lawyers have done this to themselves. Um, sometimes it's hard for you ask, what do I tell people when I'm at a cocktail party? Um, do people still go to cocktail parties? I guess they do. Um, I, I do like to listen to other people and find out what they do. And then my brain starts going to, oh, they make um, ice chests. I wonder if I could help them sell those ice chests in Canada. Let me see if they have a company that knows how to do that. So I don't know. 
What's when you tell people that you're solving all... problems? It's solving problems, solving problems, solving problems. When people find out you're a lawyer, is there a common question that they ask you? Oh, absolutely. What kind of law do you practice? Right. But do they have like a special like, okay, so because you're a lawyer, I want to ask you about this one thing. Do you get that this one thing question like for free lawyer advice? No, it's not like being a doctor where they go, you know, I have this lump on my arm. Yeah. Can you tell me what this is? Um, Usually they say, oh, you're a lawyer. You know, I don't have a will and I think I need one. And I'm not smart enough to have realized that I probably should have been doing wills all this time. But here's the difference, okay, for me, I think. Many lawyers went into what's called private practice. They they went to a law firm, and they're a hired gun, and they're there to solve problems. I had this opportunity to go and be an in-house lawyer and work for companies. And so that really fit with my personality because I got to deal with all the business topics and maybe I really wanted to be a marketer and not a broadcaster, you know, cause I'll come up with ideas and think, well, I think, you know, that Susanna has a red dress on, but she really would be, you know, even more dramatic if she wore a red sombrero or a red cowgirl hat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Kiri, you're a lawyer, do what lawyers do. Don't, don't do marketing and advertising and all that. So what is your primary focus? Um, helping people solve their business problems. Helping people solve any problem. Um, my primary focus really is listening to people and saying, okay, you want to grow your business. Have you thought about how many contracts you have? Have you, you know, it's really asking questions. And I have to understand what the business is and what they're trying to do before I can provide any kind of legal advice. What legal advice do people come to you most for? Um, Now we're getting into a very serious conversation here. (laughs) No, you know what? Most of the time people say, um, my business is going great. I'm making money. Um, I really don't have a need for a lawyer. And that gives me the opportunity to ask them, well, do you have any contracts with your vendors? No, I don't. Well, maybe that's something you should have. Do you have employees? Yeah, I have about, you know, 20 or 30 employees. Okay, have you ever had anybody look at, do you have an employee handbook? What's an employee handbook? Uh, You know, I was fortunate in my career to also be involved with business areas like risk management and insurance. So I'll ask them, when was the last time you sat down with your insurance agent and worked through your business and, and have you thought about, you know, protecting your building? Do you own your building? Do you want to buy a building? So again, it's trying to find out how that business person can, um, stay focused on what their needs are. And most business people, I don't think really like getting into the weeds with, oh, employee problems, employee benefit, no. you know, they, they want to, they want to go build things and make things better. So what, do you got any crazy stories from the trenches that you can change the names and circumstances for these purposes that you can? Well, let me, yeah, let me tell you. So I've, I've worked for three entrepreneurs in Dallas, very well, very well known names. 
And I've told these stories before about, um, you know, sitting across the table from three company founders. I was uh, an in-house lawyer at a company called Janet King International, mm-hmm. and Jim Cavanaugh was an entrepreneur. I was a lawyer at Excel Communications, and Kenny Trout started that business. And I was um, in-house at Mary Kay Cosmetics, and Mary Kay Ash started that business. And the one thing that I took away from all three of those experiences, Susanna, was these were people that were very um, sensitive to and aware of people relationships. And I could sit there and tell them all of the whys and wherefores, and you need to be careful about this, and you need to watch out about that. And they appreciated that. But at the end of the day, they had vision. And so they moved forward with that vision. I think the the most interesting thing project that I ever worked on was helping, and for people in Dallas, they probably know about Mary Kay Ash's pink house. She wanted to sell her pink house. And there were a team of us at Mary Kay that had the opportunity to help her with that. And working with her um, was like working with your grandmother who was just the, the sharpest business person, but she was so kind and, and so sweet. And I think the other the other takeaway for me, and this goes back to that, you know, that idea of you know lawyers as being you know mean and mean spirited and in your face. And what I took away from working with those business people um, is that you can be firm and you can be direct and you can be focused, but you don't have to be rude or disrespectful or mean. And so I hope that. You know, anybody that has had an experience with a lawyer and they're like, God, I don't want to deal with that kind of person again, might think about calling me and saying, can I come sit down and have a conversation with you and tell you what I'm doing and I'll listen and give them some advice, which if they decide to work with me, great. If I can't help them, I'll direct them to somebody that can. Maybe you could tell them some of your jokes. My jokes? Yeah. So, Susanna... What is a school bus full of lawyers on the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> I don't know, Carrie. What is that? A good start. A good uh, start. Yeah. So I, 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 that is one skill that I, at this point in my life, I need to develop. And that's have, you know, I guess the, the polished speakers always have a handful of anecdotes and stories and jokes and sayings that they can put out there when when the opportunity presents itself and um if i people love stories man people love stories i've never heard that mary Kay ash story actually i think that's really good what year what years were you there let's see um i was there a couple of times from 89 to 96 and then from 2001 to 2019 because there are a couple times when i would go to audition there but there were very strict requirements on what you wore when you came in to audition um you had to have your hair done you had to have your makeup done you had to be put together and you had to have on hose with your skirt back when you know hose was a thing and that probably dates me but these were very they were like you can't they will not let you in if you don't go in like this so I, I feel your pain because the the male employees at the company 
were required for years and years and years to wear shirts, dress shirts and ties. I bet. And I, w- I would go to, um, to a business meeting in the summertime in Dallas, and I would be one of, one of the few, if not the only people sitting around this table at like the Dallas Chamber of Commerce, and I would be in a suit and a shirt and a tie, and everybody would be a little bit more relaxed than that. But I tell you, you know, the things that um, I learned, not just at Mary Kay, but at Excel and at Jana King, and now being on my own for the last four years, um, at the end of the day, people are people, and they want to be treated with respect, and they want somebody to listen to them. And, yeah, I think I said that I wanted to be a sports broadcaster when I was when I was young. And I, and I think it was, I didn't really understand that that meant that you had to look at a camera and somehow make a connection with the tens of thousands of fans who were out there and tell them something that really made them pay attention to that game. So mm-hmm. I think part of, part of what, I'm, what I've learned through years and what I'm still learning is um, there are times that I need to talk and then there are times that I just need to be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen. I've always, you know, every time I've seen you, every time I've talked to you, like I always feel really good. Like I've always thought you were very kind and very good at listening and very good at helping. Is there anything that you, I know that that's important to you, but as far as like a mantra or a motto or something that you kind of live by on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, there, there, there is. Um, you know, I think <laughs> I, this saying that, uh, that I had from my parents growing up, if you, if you uh, put your bread, you cast your bread out on the waters, you hope it comes back buttered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, it's really, as I've progressed in my career, it's what can I do that's going to be of service to you that isn't necessarily going to <clears throat> be only for my benefit financially, but that will help us work together in the future. So I know, you know, there are a lot of... Um, gurus out there that have their sayings, you know, like one day at a time or, you know, treat other people the way that you would like to be treated. And I think, you know, the one thing that I try and remember is the golden rule, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated. And um, even in practicing law, even now, when I'm negotiating a contract for one of my clients or a client has a dispute. You know, for example, I have a call tomorrow with a client and they signed a contract for some services and my client didn't really think that they got what they bargained for. And so there are two ways to approach it. You can either say, I'm going to sue those skunks and we're going to go after them. And that's one route, and the client could spend a lot of money with me, and I'd be real happy, but I don't know that they would get the outcome that they wanted. Or you can say, all right, where do you want to be in a year? How do we get there? Now let's figure out what kind of conversation we need to have with the other party and see if we can get to some point where everybody walks away and maybe they're not 100% happy, but you haven't spent a lot of money getting there. Now, 
What's the saying about a good negotiation is when everybody leaves a little bit dissatisfied? Right, right. Well, let me ask you a question. Now, uh, okay. Tell me, tell me when you think about you want to build your business and you've built a great business, um, is your business transactional or is it relational? It's always relational. Right, right. It's about the people. It is about people. And whether it's, I'll tell you, it's been exciting for me. About a year ago, I joined uh, a law firm here in town called Platt Richmond. Uh -huh. It's a, a, some lawyers that um, came from big law firms and they wanted to create their own team, their own environment. And I've had more fun in the last year that I've been in Platt Richmond than I have in a long time. And the reason is the people all work really hard, but they care about their clients. And I don't think you can be a good lawyer, even if you're representing, you know, the largest client, the largest business out there, or the mom and pop, if you don't care about what they do. Mm. And um, I get a great, there's a, there's a young man um, who's I've known since he moved here 20 years ago. And he saw me one day and he said, you're a lawyer, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. He said, I'm starting a business. Can I come talk with you? And I didn't have any expectation that he was going to hire me or our law firm. But in the, in the eight months that we've been working with him, um, it has been so gratifying to feel like I can make a suggestion to him or offer an idea, and he doesn't have to take it. Um, but helping this young man grow his business, build his business, grow his business, and see him succeed um, just gives me a lot of satisfaction. It is, isn't it? Like, talk, I love talking with entrepreneurs and finding out their dreams and what they want to do. And like, it, part of it rubs off on you. And it's just, it's a, such a great energy. It's such yeah. a great energy to have. I think, you know? I think in some respects, entrepreneurs get so caught up in the noise out there. I'm going to be, you know, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. I'm going to be Elon Musk. I'm going to be a gazillionaire. I can do what Bezos did. It's like, well, maybe you can. Maybe. But in the you don't, what are the people that, you're, that you've worked with or that you've, you know, had an inter interaction with along the way? What are they going to say about you? I don't think... I don't think you don't know what you don't know. And especially when you start a business, there's a huge unknown section. And if there was anybody to say, this is what's going to be hard. This is where you're going to struggle. This is where, but again, that's, that's also part of the journey. That's part of the path. It's, it's not about getting to be Jeff Bezos. It's the art and process of that walking that path. Maybe you'll be the next Jeff Bezos, maybe. Yeah. Likely not. I mean, he's an anomaly in and of himself, right? But well, and and you know, I'm thinking about a question you asked me earlier. What kind of law do I practice? <clears throat> when not when somebody comes up to me and they say, "Okay, what kind of law do you practice?" and I tell them, "I work with people. I help solve their problems. I'm a business lawyer." But what I really want to do is be your outside general counsel. I want to be the person that you call. Um, when you have a question about your business, you don't know if there's a legal aspect to it or not. And you know that if, if you call me, 
Um, I may not know the technical answer to your question, but I'm going to help you, you know, sort through what you're facing. And then, like I said earlier, if I can't do the legal work to deal with whatever that situation is, I probably know somebody you're the outsourced and you're you're the out of the house in-house counsel. Right. I'm going to say that again because I messed it up. You're the outside inside counsel. Just don't call me the outhouse counsel. That's what I. <laughs> you're not the outhouse inside counsel. Well, if people want to find you, how can they find you? Yeah, there there are two ways to find me. Um, one is uh, Platt Richmond is the law firm's website. But really, the best way to, to find me is to go to LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I think it's, I wish I had, invent, had invented LinkedIn and just put in Carrie Tosopoulos. And as far as I know, there's nobody out there with my name. So, um, or they can text me. It, can I, you want me to give you my phone number? It's do you want your phone number to be out there? In theory, they can find it if they really want it. Let them, I, I don't know. I'll let them look for it. Yeah, let them make them work. Make them work. Why not? Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for um, humoring me and your your with your backgrounds, and I appreciate it. It's always fun well, to talk to you. Thanks. I need to. I need to. I'll work on my jokes. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Okay. If you were to ever meet Carrie in person, he's so genuine. He's so nice. He's so easy to talk to. I always enjoy seeing him, and it was great having him here to kind of demystify the legal world a little bit. And since we're on legal, we're going to go with the liability story. So I had a client who had a rental policy. And when you write a new policy, there's usually an exterior inspection of the home. And so when the inspector goes out there, the tenant was out with their dog. And there's a question on policies that says, what kind of dog do you have? Because there's some types of dogs that, man, this is a whole other debate that I don't like to get into because I'm not going there. But there's some dog restrictions on policies, um, pit bulls, Dobermans. Um, I can think of the German Shepherds. They often have restrictions on policies because there's a higher incident of dog bites. So what kind of dog do you have? And the tenant says, well, it's a mix, quite a few mix of things. It's, you know, Australian Shepherd. It's a little bit of Doberman. It's got some Rottweiler and maybe some Chihuahua. I get a note that says, we're not going to write this policy because of the Rottweiler in the dog. Because on the personal liability side, if somebody gets bitten by a dog, that's where it pays out. I call my client and I say, hey, listen, we're going to have to rewrite it somewhere else because of this dog issue. They send me a picture of the dog. The dog is this big. It's the smallest dog you've ever seen. I send the picture to the inspector. No go. They won't do it. I have to take it to a whole other policy because he said the word Rottweiler. What are you going to do? The personal liability coverage on your home is important. Make sure you have it. And if you don't, give us a call at giveagencydallas.com. Please check in with us next week. The The last podcast we did was on with Veronica Mata. She was the mother of one of the 
um, kids that were shot in Uvalde. They are trying to raise money for a scholarship in Tess's memory. So please check that out and give if you can and come back again next week. Thanks so much.